I'm Kate. And I'm Liv. And we're the hosts of Just Watch Me, a weekly podcast about iconic Canadian people, politics, and phenomena. We are two soon-to-be lawyers who have long believed our brunch chats were worthy of being recorded for the world to hear. Even though no one asked, we're doing it. This podcast will bring you stories from the Giangameshi trial to the life and career of Ms. Pamela Anderson. Join us as we reconsider what we thought we knew about Canada. Hear us wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Minute Women podcast. My name is Grace. And I'm Linnea. And how are you today, Linnea? In your basement today? I'm great. I'm currently in my <laughs> basement. It is dark, um, but I have the computer brightness on my screen turned up to full blast. So like my face is glowing, uh, <laughs> but everything else is very dark. No, it's a good day. It was beautiful out today. Um, we're like, we had a crazy heat wave the last little while. Oh. Um it's it was crazy. It was like thirty seven degrees on the south shore of Nova Scotia, which never happens. Like know, especially this early in June. Oh, that's that's the other thing. It's insane. Um, how like how early it is? It's it's beginning of June, but uh, finally that like snapped, and then we had a few like normal beginning of June days, and today it was like twenty twenty four degrees or something, and it was really nice. So I. Did a little drive to a cute little beach I like in Chester, which is a sweet little town. And uh, yeah, had a couple hours just like hanging out, reading a book on the beach. So for those of you, actually, this is interesting. Anybody who knows about Chester uh, or has been to Chester, Nova Scotia, it's a sweet little village. It's not a town. It's still in, in the village category. They fought that very hard at town council meetings. My mom is originally from Chester. And it's like a big deal for She's them. She's a Lunenburg outsider. She is. She is. A hundred percent. But yeah, she definitely, um, growing up in the town, it's, it's very important to them that they are a village. But anyway, yesterday, there was a crazy fire in Chester. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So the, the Chester Playhouse, which is like, um, yeah, uh, they're... It's where I did all of my dance recitals growing up. It's where um, I've seen live music. Uh, Dylan Menzi, a great PEI uh, artist, a great Atlantic Canadian artist. I saw him there. Um, yeah, great facility. I've seen so many plays and stuff there. They do amazing drama camps. Um, Neptune has come to traveling productions there. And uh, yeah, it completely gone just gone in flames yesterday yeah but what's even scarier is that why it was such a such a big fire is because it's so close to every other building it's attached to two buildings on either side oh and so and when i say attached i don't think they actually are but there's about like half a meter between the two And so um, it was a lot of work trying to keep those buildings from catching fire. And luckily they didn't. The fire didn't spread. It stayed contained. Um, I don't think they know like a cause or anything yet. But there was no one in the building. Everybody was everybody was okay. Um, But yeah, crazy for the for the little village, a big kind of a. A historical piece, uh, 
a burnt down but what is also pretty pretty tragic and slash inconvenient is that they had just put the the i think the country i don't even think the province had just put um almost a million dollars into rebuilding it and renovations oh no yeah yeah do they know how it started i think electrical um is what the only article that i read said yeah but i think electrical is also what they say when they don't know (laughs) they're like electrical like it's fire insurance for we don't know yeah we don't know but uh (laughs) yeah so crazy crazy but uh so what are we talking about today this is have you got a minute this is have you got a minute welcome to have you got a minute this one is a little different because today we are dedicating the entire slot of Have You Got a Minute to talking about the brand new Heritage Minute that came out on Discovery of Insulin a few yes. weeks ago. Yes, the episode on insulin, the discovery of insulin, which is, for those of you who don't know, is a drug for people who have diabetes. And I I think it can be used for type 1 and type 2, uh, but yeah, the discovery came out regarding type 1 diabetes um, and juvenile diabetes uh, because way back when, you know, diabetes would kill you. Um, there, was, there was no cure. There was no way to survive with diabetes, and so a lot of young children um, died without insulin. Yeah, and like, I mean, the, I think the Heritage Minute does a good job of like, Despite the fact that it's such a short heritage minute, because they're all, only a minute, ugh, <laughs> um, they make they put in a good sense of like this child is dying and needs and needs this discovery to happen, or he will die in the coming days or weeks. Yeah, yeah. So it shows Frederick Banting and his team as they discover insulin. It seems like the premise of it is like so the the first person to receive insulin like artificial insulin comes into the hospital he's like sick and dying he's like a child and then i love it he's like a child uh he's not that like he a is he's, he's like a child <laughs> um it's super cute i don't know if you are ever a child uh <laughs> But yeah, he comes into the hospital and they convince his father that he should be part of this drug trial. And they're like, it's the only way to save his life. And so they give him like a first shot of insulin, but it's not pure enough. And then let me just say, um, I know that this is a serious topic and that this is very important. And we're going to continue on in this. uh, Have you got a minute to talk about how important it is? However, the needles that they use in this Heritage Minute are like like the, straight out of a Saw movie. Like they are the jankiest like old copper looking like needle things. I don't yeah. know. Looks, it's like looks absolutely for, awful. Is it for a lobotomy or is it for yeah. an injection of insulin? We'll never know. We'll never know. It Like I don't know how you put that into someone's arm without causing more damage (laughs) i feel like the insulin would just leak out like it's so big (laughs) you just like puncture the hole and it just starts like spurting from like around (laughs) where the injection site is (laughs) exactly not good and i also love to convey that the insulin is more pure it goes from being brown to clear which is just funny to me because it just looks like to the doctor's perspective it's like you idiot it's still brown 
Yeah. How could you possibly inject it into this poor dying child who honestly looks like he's like the picture of health. He just has some like dark makeup under his eyes I was and just he's say, like kind of on the lean side. <laughs> he's got like black eyeshadow smudged under his eyes and they're like, he's very ill. He's he's dying. Look at him. <laughs> Look at his scene haircut. <laughs> he's going to die any second. But anyways, they manage to purify the insulin and then they save this boy's life who he is actually the first insulin recipient and person who managed to kind of live their life after insulin uh, or after the discovery of insulin with diabetes i have to look up his name because i forget it i Uh, also forget it i was trying to think of it literally since we started recording it's like like, leonard something leonard thompson (laughs) it's just like if you if so if you google first uh insulin patient you it comes up with a lot of historical photos of like diabetes uh people who are suffering from diabetes and then after they started getting insulin and it's just like they go from being skinny 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 to just plump little children (laughs) chubby little babies he is a plump little child oh (laughs) man this one he's like oh my gosh i'm just so i'm just gonna send you the photo of this linnea okay (laughs) check check your snapchat uh he goes from being like a pirate, I guess, to a normal child driving a four-wheeled tricycle. <laughs> a pirate? Okay, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> we can post it on our Instagram story, maybe. <laughs> After insulin. <laughs> After insulin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's just like... It looks like he also, honestly, though, it looks like he digressed in age. Like, he went from being seven to being two and a half. <laughs> yeah, he Benjamin buttoned. <laughs> yeah, real hard. Uh, I, I mean, I believe it only because, I mean, you looked it up on the internet and the internet doesn't lie. But I would no. <laughs> I would suggest that those are two different boys. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's the magic. It of also insulin. looked like he time traveled because like in the first photo, he's dressed like it's the mid 1700s. <laughs> yeah. And in the second photo, it could be like 1950. I was just going to say, it could be 1980. Like, <laughs> and his mom's like, get on grandma's tricycle. It's the star of Stranger Things. <laughs> but overall, I think it was a Heritage Minute that was very well received by the public. And I think a lot of people were like, finally, they're doing insulin. Like, I think that's a Canadian yeah. innovation that a lot of people are familiar with. And they know yeah. the name Frederick Banting for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a good job of, like, highlighting the other doctors as well. like And the up. nurses. And the nurses. Um, And I want to say that the film, like the cinematography was beautiful. It was compared to previous Heritage Minutes, especially the chunk of ones from the 90s. It was well lit. It was like, (laughs) it was, it was like so well lit and airy. I was like. the brightest hospital you've ever been in. I was like, that is the cleanest, brightest, happiest (laughs) hospital where children are dying. Um, Yeah. But yeah, like the, the filming was really nice. Um. And it tells a good, succinct story. Like, there's main yep. characters. You clearly yep. know what the tension and the plot is. And so, like, yep. when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, that's a great heritage minute. Good job. 10 out of 10. Like, Yeah. And to do that in a minute, to convey all that in a minute, to convey what they conveyed in that amount of time. Bravo. Good job. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of, like, our first impression of it. Mm-hmm. But so we have, well, 
Linnea in particular has a friend, yeah. Erica Croft, and she reached out to us and she was like, are you going to do the new Heritage Minute on the podcast? And we're like, of course, we do all the Heritage Minutes. And she was like, she expressed to us like, well, there's actually something really kind of messed up about it. And I was yeah. like, oh God, like, did they get something wrong in the minute or whatever? But something that I didn't even notice is that, so unlike a lot of the other Heritage Minutes, this Heritage Minute was sponsored in a way. Um, and so after the Heritage Minute, there's a credit that rolls and yeah. it credits several companies. Um, but two of the biggest ones that are highlighted are Nova Nordisk and Lilly, who are two major pharmaceutical companies who create and sell insulin. Um, and, and they're, t- they're two of the three biggest producers yeah. of insulin in the world. And in saying that, they generate a great profit off of insulin. Yeah. And so after Erica pointed that out to us, we were like, oh, wait, that's the actual story that we should be talking about. Yeah. So I'm just going to quickly kind of share some information with everyone. This is from the article entitled The Absurdly High Cost of Insulin Explained. Uh, It was uh, published on box.com and it's by uh, Julia Bellutz. Uh, it was written in 20 it was written in 2016 originally I believe but it was updated in 2019. Um, okay. So if anyone is interested, I am basically reading from this article this so this is not my writing. <laughs> if, if, if you want to credit anyone, it's Julia Bellas B-E-L-L-U-Z. Um, thank so, you Julia. Thank you, Julia, for educating us. Uh, So she begins by saying, when inventor Frederick Banting discovered insulin in 1923, he refused to put his name on the patent. So that's something that's really not brought up in the Heritage Minute, is that this was especially an era, so the same thing happened with penicillin. There was a a wave of doctors coming out who were, were refusing to put names on patents so that they could immediately have the generic version so you could sell it at a very low price. So basically yeah. anyone could have the formula for making insulin or penicillin or whatever. He felt it was unethical for a doctor to profit from a discovery that would save lives. Banting's co-inventors, James Collop and Charles Best, sold the insulin patent to the University of Toronto for a mere $1. They wanted everyone who needed their medication to be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. Today, Banting and his colleagues would be spinning in their graves. Their drug, which many of the 30 million Americans with diabetes rely on has become the poster child for pharmaceutical price gouging. So it it basically goes on to explain that in the last couple of decades, the price of insulin has tripled in the United States. And that's something that doesn't really, it's not felt quite so severely in Canada because Canada and other countries like England, for example, we have a single buyer model. So the government of Canada or or the UK or whoever, they purchase all of the drugs and then distribute it throughout the, the country to different pharmacies. And by doing that, we can bargain with these large pharmaceutical companies because we're buying so much stock. But in the United States, they don't have that buying power because they use a free market approach to pharmaceutical drugs. And there's really not a lot of regulations to dictate how much you can sell medications for. So basically, private investors or private companies like, I don't know, what's what's an American pharmacy? Uh, Walgreens? Um, Yeah, Walgreens. Like Walgreens would have to go and buy 
insulin from these companies. And so even though Americans only represent 15% of insulin users in the world, they are 50% of the profit made That's from insane. the purchasing of insulin. Not That's to mention insane. that you have to buy insulin in the first place for pharmaceutical companies is kind of messed up. And in comparison, in Canada and in and in several other countries, you know, we have a really flawed yet available healthcare system where mm -hmm. there is opportunity for people, you know, if you're working in a position or if you're a student or if you're a child and your parents have healthcare, um, you're able to benefit from that system and not have to pay like and be price gouged for a necessary drug i mean i yeah. grew up i've been on countless prescriptions and antibiotics and different types of medications like that and i it would have been horrible for my family or myself if if i haven't had health care and access to health care in canada yeah and so yeah like you said like drugs are only one part of what americans typically have to pay for when yeah. it comes to their health care and so if you have diabetes yeah. you probably have a lot of other like medical costs that are associated with it yeah and they were saying somewhere that like it's like 400 and night like 450 dollars a month sometimes for people to to get the insulin they yeah. need and so what it results in is especially like people of a lower class they have to start rationing their insulin mm -hmm. and when you ration your insulin you're, you're basically doing to yourself what you see leonard thompson going through like you're losing weight people suffer from blindness because of diabetes numbness in your hands and feet sometimes people have to get amputations because of diabetes yeah. um and it became extremely highlighted by the COVID-19 pandemic because you had Americans living near the Canadian border whose tactic for getting insulin was to drive across the Canadian border right. so they could go somewhere where they could afford insulin. Because even though they didn't have Canadian health insurance or drug plans, it was cheaper for them so to buy cheaper. it in Canada than it was to buy it up front in the United States. Yeah. So you had this like kind of wave of people coming out after the border closed saying like I'm gonna die not from COVID-19 but that I can't get insulin yep can't get and that was not only the case with insulin so many different medications um uh there was a big and I'm trying to think I know I read an article about it but Detroit became this hub for uh well and has always been kind of this hub for trafficking legal drugs um from from canada so from ontario like windsor ontario area to detroit because it's just you know it's right across the way there yeah. and right across the bridge and uh it, be it was a huge thing for years um and still to this day i would imagine but yeah it was really kind of blocked by by covid and the not being able to travel so these companies basically in the united states there's I mean, we kind of commonly associate it with them, but there's a lot of hesitation to put restrictions on any kind of production. Um, right. So they, they won't put up restrictions. And so there have been states in the past that have tried to. So Colorado tried to in 2019, um, or at least at the time of this article, they were attempting to do it. I don't know if it went through or not. 
but it says a lot when your state has to make the decision. There's 50 states in the U.S. Like, yeah. that would mean every single one of them would have to go through that process. And a lot of times those bills get shut down. And so these companies typically justify their costs by saying, you know, this is just the cost of innovation. Like, we're making insulin better and more effective. And it's true. Like, the insulin that you get today is not the insulin you would have received 100 years ago in 1921 when Banting invented it. But what a lot of researchers are saying is that while it is better it's not three times better so why are you paying three Three times times the cost they're especially saying it to uh type 2 diabetes users because a lot of insulin is created using type 1 diabetics in mind right and so type 2 diabetics depending on where they are, they will get prescribed the newest form of insulin that's the most expensive kind, even though for them it might not have any significant benefits to them. And type 2 diabetes is known to be, it's a diabetic condition that comes from most often, you know, poor eating habits or poor exercise habits. But a lot of that is part of, you know, the systemic poverty of not being able to get healthy food or not being able to have access to um, having a, a physically active life where you get enough sleep, when you have to work a menial job um, that takes you away at a variety of hours. And, and so for people like that, you know, you probably don't have any kind of health insurance in a lot of cases. And then you're getting stuck with, you know, this diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. And then you're being asked to pay way more than you can afford for the drug that you need for it. Yeah, exactly. So it's just this, like, system where you can't afford good food because you have to spend all your money on pharmaceuticals. And the reason you're on those pharmaceuticals in the first place is because you couldn't afford good food in the first place. So Julia writes that Eli Lilly, Nova Nordisk, so those are the two that are featured in the Heritage Minute, or kind of at the end. Well, I don't want to say featured, that's a strong word, but they are highlighted at the end. Um, And Sanofi have testified before the House Energy and Commerce Oversight Subcommittees, um, but we have yet to see what kind of impact that will have on regulating prices. Um, What we do know is that the way you get cheap drugs is you allow there to be a generic kind. And basically, the kinds of patents that have come out for not insulin, but the innovations they contribute to insulin. So that's how they protect their patents is they say, we're not patenting insulin, we're patenting this part of it or this way we deliver it. Like they patent some other part of the drug process. Which Um, is just being sneaky and cheating. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, the only way to do this is having generic options. And that's the only way that you're really ever going to make insulin. You can truly kind of subvert the system and say, like, no, like, we're not going to pay that much for insulin. So, I mean, like, I I was kind of aware of that, but I didn't really know how big it was. And I mean, it's the same for like EpiPens and like there's so many other drugs where this happens and insulin is just kind of like the poster child for it, Um, especially because it's so vital and so many people need it. So I had known sort of like about this story, but not a whole lot about it. Like 
I definitely wouldn't say I was an expert on the topic. Um, so thank you to Erica for kind of pointing it out to us. Um, and it definitely kind of like struck with me. It was like, then why are like, it kind of feel, it, it felt really hard to like yeah. see that be featured in that heritage minute because it's so against the ideologies of that team of scientists and researchers. Right. And so I reached out to Historica Canada and I just I just kind of asked like Yes, she did. I do my research, I do my work. Straight um, to the source. <laughs> so I asked like what was the participation of these companies in the Heritage Minute and they got back to me. Um they said who they they knew who we were and they knew our podcast, which is yeah. uh cool. Um, but, and I, I won't, I won't read the whole email, but basically they just said that these companies contributed funds for making the Heritage Minute. It would not have been made without them. They couldn't have made it without them. Um, which I think kind of is brought out because we were saying like, oh, it's such a good Heritage Minute. It's like, oh, it's probably because they had more money than they normally have to make the other ones. But the only cut of the heritage minute was the the only one that they saw was the final one you know like they they weren't in the room writing and directing the heritage minute alongside historica canada well Um, and i will say that the sorry but i i will say that in the minute at no point is it like a voiceover that's like and thank you so much to the amazing (laughs) pharmaceutical companies like i i didn't get that vibe from from the minute at all Um, no yeah, it was definitely about banting and the discovery of insulin and, and helping to help people with diabetes survive and live long, healthy lives. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's not like that big needle shows up and it's like, Lily. Yeah, <laughs> like on it. Uh, this insulin is brought to you by Nova Nordisk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like leaves you in this kind of like weird spot of like, okay, like, if this corporation is involved, that was probably the best way for them to be involved. Like, yeah. they're just providing funding and that's it. They're not actually, you know, changing the way that the story is told necessarily. This is way, the way they wanted to tell it. And um, that's all well and good. But for me, it's it, it brings an interesting point to a head, which yep. in my degree, I have to kind of manage a lot which is like who is telling the story and how does that influence the way in which it is told so you can talk about like the issue of the patent like there's probably a big reason that was not featured in the heritage minute in from my from my own perspective maybe not like maybe that is not the vision or the intention of the people who wrote it and like again I think they did do a really good job of making this heritage minute I'm really not trying to criticize that in any way um it's more so that especially in the arts but also in the sciences there's just such a lack of money that goes towards research yeah and so oftentimes that money has to come from people who have some kind of incentive to have that research made who and so you have to ask like what how does Lily and Nova Nordisk benefit from having this story told and, and telling it the way that it is told? Right. And in a lot of ways, from my perspective anyways, they are making themselves the like spiritual successors of Banting. Yeah. And they're intimately connecting themselves 
to that story, despite the fact that they embody philosophies around pharmaceuticals that are wholly opposed to what Banting would have wanted or envisioned for, for insulin in the future. Which I think that they have to recognize. I mean, there's a reason why huge pharmaceutical companies are able to provide money to help make a heritage minute in Canada. It's because they're making billions of dollars. It's a huge industry. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're profiting off, when you're profiting off other people's health, um, it, it's a necessary evil um, because, you know, you, you are like these companies are providing, you know, better forms of insulin. I don't doubt that, uh, but it's it's making money off it. That is is hard for me. It's like the yeah. sole purpose is not to help people. It's to make money by helping people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it just like to me, it it. It just made me think of like big tobacco research. Yes. Like yeah. this is it's a little different, I guess, but not a lot. Uh, like, not, yeah, like big tobacco. When a lot of research was coming up, that was saying like, <laughs> yeah, cigarettes, they give you cancer. Yeah. Uh, they started funding a lot of research that didn't didn't say that they, they weren't funding studies that said cigarettes don't cause cancer. They would they would fund a research project that was like does air pollution cause cancer? Yeah. And they would be like real doctors who do a genuine study and they would come back and say, it's inconclusive because a lot of science, especially first rounds of research, come back and say it's inconclusive. Yeah. And, you know, that offers just enough doubt for people who are hooked on cigarettes Yeah. to be like, you know what? You know, it, it seems like scientists don't actually know what's going on. I'm going to yeah. keep smoking for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, it's just enough My doubt. shortened life because <laughs> I'm smoking every day. My wheezy coffee life. <laughs> <laughs> and so to me, it's just like it feels the same way. It's not to say like Historica Canada is like, they're not the big bad guy by any no. means. It's and, just like yeah. when you are a company that is expected to deliver research which is kind of what they do deliver have a deliverable in any way there isn't like you know mountains of gold out there for you especially for a non-for-profit yeah so you have to go to people who are willing to give you money and sometimes that's a company that seeks to positively benefit from the research you produce despite the fact that they probably aren't people that need it yeah it's like it's like the expression, like, you know, you're making a deal with the devil. It's like you, they're doing a good thing. Historica Canada is doing a good thing by telling the story of insulin and the creation. And that's an incredible, you know, Canadian success story. Uh, and they do a great job uh, talking about that in the minute. But maybe that minute wouldn't have come to fruition or seen the light of day or been quite as informative if it didn't have that backing support of those big bad pharma companies yeah it's it's just shitty because it feels like it's like do like you know historic canada when they're offered that is faced like yeah like do we not tell this story or tell it to a worse extent or do we just tell it to the best we can and kind of take what's being offered us yeah um and so it's hard like i don't know 
I don't know where you draw the line. Like I, it's hard for me to make a judgment and clearly like I'm sure they had conversations and they were like, this is within our mandate. It's totally fine. Um, and you know, I'm sure it didn't have a massive influence on the way that the historic eminent was presented, but from talking to Erica, like it just like to her, especially someone who had, like, I guess I probably should have mentioned that off the top, but Erica is someone who has diabetes. Yeah. She lives with type one diabetes. She's a type one diabetic. Yeah, it's like, oh, what a slap in the face. Like, yeah. <laughs> the person who, you know, it's she may not personally be impacted by that, but people like her in another country are not being able to live to the to the quality of life that they could otherwise live Yeah, because of these companies choosing to make a massive, massive profit. And I think that's just it. I think it I think it is a choice. And that's the thing about pharmaceutical companies is that they are choosing to make a profit off this drug. Yeah. And, that's... and and we're not talking like a little profit. We're talking like no, 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 no. trillions of dollars profit. Yeah. Like, like uh, yeah. Like yeah. there's we're... no reason that like the 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 rate of um price increase is way more than the rate of inflation. Like, these drugs that have been existing since, like, some of them in their current form since, like, the 1990s are tripling in price just because no one is telling them that they can't do that. So, the pharmaceutical company Lilly, uh, which is Eli Lilly and Company, which is an American pharmaceutical company headquartered in Indiana, uh, they, they are worth... 39.2 billion US dollars. And that was yeah. as of 2019. So they're not they're not making a little money off insulin. It's not yeah. enough. It's not just enough to, you know, pay the bills and keep the lights on. Like they are heavily profiting off, you know, the the distribution of insulin and the other drugs that they are that they are distributing. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where like I've kind of I've watched like some videos about the idea that because the United States doesn't have these regulations everyone else in the world is paying way less than their fair share for the development of these drugs like our system only really works because the United States is willing to make its own citizens pay that much for their pharmaceuticals yeah so it's crazy like it's just it's just kind of messed up and I wish that it didn't have to be like that like I I wish they didn't have to seek out those funds to make it's just shitty it just makes you feel dirty it's It's like now yeah it's just shitty and it's like now watching the heritage minute like yeah it's great yes it's important would I recommend you show it to you know your junior high class learning about inventions in Canada absolutely but then I think you need to have this conversation Uh, and I think that's what's key is that you know and it's like anything, there are a lot of moments in history that we uh, reward and we look at from one perspective and say how great it is. But I think you really need to have a bit of a a bit of a lens on this topic and say like, yeah, that's all great. And banting was awesome. Uh, but kind of where we are now is 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 less great. 
Yeah, and I think it reinforces kind of that idea that we talked about in our last Have You Got a Minute with the Living Tree Doctrine, but just yeah. kind of like about make sure you have media literacy. Like yeah. know who's writing that story and know what they seek to gain by having you read it. Yeah. Like it's it's true a lot, especially in history, because all history is written by somebody who has, despite I'm sure the best of intentions, has some kind of bias on the topic. Right. And so especially now when we look at like all of the things happening um, with indigenous people in Canada, like the Kamloops discovery the past yeah. week, which has just been on everybody's minds ever since, like remember like even the government of Canada, a very, you know, I think a government that is well regarded yeah, can't always be trusted when it comes out with reports and stats. Yeah. Like. And even, like, a non-for-profit, like, again, like, I don't think Historica Canada is, like, this horrible organization. I really, I'm not trying to promote that at all. But it's no. one of those things where, like, when we don't have access to funds to create meaningful and well-intentioned research that really, like, the reason we do this podcast, the reason we do, like, Heritage Minutes, one of the, the original ideas was because it is the piece of Canadian history that every Canadian knows about. Yeah. Like, these minutes have reach. And I, I think that, you know, it's just sad that because there isn't enough money to m make these, you have to have investment from private companies who may not be the right sponsor and may not be like the people you want associated with that story and who obviously in the case of this don't share the same values as maybe maybe historica canada and definitely the person that you know the minute is about yeah a hundred percent i think yeah and i think that's a good note to kind of leave it on which it's just like it's just sad it just sucks it's a bummer it just sucks it's a bummer <laughs> yeah sorry um, for this bummer of an episode everybody yes but we hope that yeah we hope that it's given you something to think about which is what it did for us you know we watched new minute and we were all gung-ho to record an episode on it and then this message kind of came in from my friend erica who and she was asking her original inquiry was she was like are you going to cover the Heritage Minute on Insulin? And I was like, obviously. And she was like, are you going to talk about the fact that, you know, Banting is rolling over in his grave because of these big pharma companies? And I was like, tell me more. Um, yeah. Because I hadn't thought of that. Uh, and, and so thank you so much to Erica for bringing that, bringing this to uh, mine and Grace's attention. It's definitely given us something to think about, and uh, we hope you have a minute to think about it, too. So thank you so much for listening to another Have You Got a Minute? This segment that we've been doing, this kind of format, is new for us, but I think this is Have You Got a Minute 4? Uh, yeah. So we hope that you're enjoying them. We hope that you like them. Grace and I are having a lot of fun putting them out for you. So if you aren't following our journey, if you aren't following along with the podcast, uh, please <laughs> our <journey>. do. <laughs> our journey. Uh, yeah, to be accomplished young women. <laughs> I was just going to like be like, don't stop believing in us. But that's really lame. But uh, 
Give us a follow if you aren't already. So we're on Instagram at Minute Women Podcast and on Facebook at the same name. And then we are on Twitter at The Minute Women. We also have a website that has all of our episodes, including all of the information and kind of research pieces, all of the sources that Grace uses uh, for our traditional Heritage Minute episodes. And you can find all of that at www.minutewomenpodcast.ca. And make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on. Uh, Make sure that you download the episodes, leave a rating and review. Uh, You can also check out our merch store. The link to that is on our website, as Linnea mentioned earlier. And, you know, share this episode with all your friends. And this one especially. I think this one is pretty important to to share around. So make sure everybody uh, knows about, you know, the cool Price things happening drugs <laughs> the drama of new heritage minutes <laughs> yeah and yeah we'll see you guys next week bye bye Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on. Ugh, I said that really weird. Listen to <laughs> us, us on. One. <laughs> listen to us on any platform. <laughs> <laughs>